Rachel here, and I'm back for a Lego Masters postseason deep dive on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. I was so excited to get to sit down with the winners of season three, Nick and Stacy, to break down every episode in great detail. Just like I break down all the Lego news weekly on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks. This is only the first of many postseason deep dives coming your way, so you're definitely going to want to stay subscribed to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And let me know which team you want to hear from next. And with all that out of the way, here's my interview with Nick and Stacy. Well, I promised you all some great postseason coverage, and of course, I had to start with the best of the best, your season three winners, Nick and Stacy. Say hello, say hello to everyone on the podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. Hello, everyone. It's so awesome to be here. Can't wait to dive in to all sorts of LEGO Masters fun. Oh, my gosh. I, we can't wait either. Uh, the fun's <laughs> going to be so much fun. But um, you know, before we jump into your whole experience on the show, because obviously we want to get into all the nitty gritty, I want to talk a little bit about kind of your formative LEGO experience. You know, how did you get into the hobby? And then, of course, you're both content streamers you both you know stream lego so how did you like you know your hobby was like going to that next level so you're super serious <laughs> yeah for me um it was that like i i definitely just found i gravitated to lego from a really really young age and it was something i could tell i didn't really want to let go of and when i was getting to that age where you would start to maybe reconsider whether or not you should give up that you know childhood toy or whatever that you might be into <laughs> uh, i discovered Flickr and the amazing online community there and I was just blown away with seeing all the incredible things that people were creating. And that just inspired me to want to keep at it and keep building better. And then so I just kept at it, started going to conventions, all of the fun stuff that AFOLs, adult fans of Lego, get to do. And then uh, I also discovered the world of live streaming through my passion for gaming. And um, at the time I discovered the world of live streaming, they were really pushing for creative content on Twitch in particular. And that made me think there's got to be people streaming Lego building. And I was kind of surprised to find there wasn't. And so seeing that there was a little bit of a niche there, I thought, hey, maybe I can be the guy that makes Lego streaming a thing. And so I started that and it really did like take off. There were so many people kind of doing it around the same time too, that we kind of formed a community and all kind of worked together at building up the live streaming Lego community. And uh, it's been amazing to see where it's gone. And I've been very, very fortunate to have it take me some amazing places too. Amazing. What about you, Stacey? So I've been building Lego ever since I was a little kid, but I really started to get back into it in the last couple years. Like Nick, I'm also a content creator. So I live stream on Twitch and Amazon. I've got a show called Cooking with Stacey and another one called The Nerdy Bartender. And one day I was supposed to do a cooking show, but I was having so much fun building my Millennium Falcon that I just decided <laughs> to live stream it and see what would happen. And the response was so positive. My community absolutely loved it. And that's when I realized I was really onto something. So I started doing more live streaming on Amazon and Twitch for Lego. And that's actually how I met Nick. Wow. Well, yep. that's, that's so exciting. And obviously, you know, now you're into Lego, both of you, you know, you're streaming it, you know, regularly. What made you want to go for the show? Like what made you want to apply for Lego Masters? I had been incredibly excited about LEGO Masters as soon as I heard about it. I had actually even run a little building competition on my stream a few years before the show started. And I was like, oh, there's actually like a real one now. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be involved. Um, so I've been trying to, you know, get, find my way into LEGO Masters from season one. I actually did a lot of the season one and two challenges on my live streams. So like for the first season, I gave myself three hours and I tackled the challenges as quickly as I could with what I had. And then for season two, I got together with a friend and we did it kind of remotely together. Um, so when season three rolled around, I, I, you know, I put my name out there again and they were like, um, we need you to find a really great partner. We really like you, but like, you maybe kind of haven't found the right people yet. So I was thinking like, okay, who do I know that does something similar to me also likes Lego. And, um, you know, I like, I think he's going to bring a really fun personality to the show. 
And so I noticed Stacey had been doing a ton of Lego building on her streams over the last year. She's also Canadian. And so I was like, man, I bet like she would find this to be a lot of fun. And I, and I wanted to go in, into it with someone who like really, really wanted to be part of it and would have a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> for it. And I could definitely feel that from just like having hanged out in her streams and stuff. So when I reached out, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised that she was just as excited about uh, potentially doing it. So, yeah. And I'm so happy that Nick did reach out to me because if I'm being honest, like a little over a year ago, Lego Masters wasn't really on my radar. Obviously, I knew the show existed and watched it and my community were huge, huge fans of the show. But I had never thought about trying to audition and apply to be on it. So when Nick reached out and was like, hey, do you want to try out for this with me? It was an absolute yes. And I'm so glad that he did. <laughs> well, listen, you know, when opportunity knocks, as they say. Uh, <laughs> but but yes, so so now you're cast on the show and, you know, we have our first episode, you know, so we'll, we'll go episode by episode and talk through everything. But, you know, when you walk on to set that first day, I mean, I think, you know, you two, I think were highlighted, you know, in that moment when you first walk in, you know, you've been dreaming about this, you know, now you're here. What is that first episode like? It's so exciting. Like when you get to walk onto the set for the first time and see the brick pit that has over 5 million Lego pieces. I don't even know how to begin to describe it. Everyone was so excited. You could just feel the energy in the room and we just all wanted to run around and start playing. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like, it's just so <laughs> surreal seeing all of these things you've seen on TV, the big bricks that come down, all the lights, the brick pit, the big like clock wall and stuff like that. So there's just so many things you're like, this isn't quite what I imagined. And it's like, can I, could I actually be here? Like you really got to pinch yourself because it's just like, man, this is beyond, beyond reality. Like there's no way this is happening. <laughs> And oh I think gosh. I think I speak for the both of us. It was always exciting walking into that room, especially yeah. when they were announcing a new challenge. You had no idea what to expect. They don't give you any hints ahead of time. So, mm -hmm. oh, it was it was it was surreal, as Nick could say. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you're given the challenge. This is the first episode, the ready to launch challenge. You had the intergalactic live streaming space cruiser as your build. But, you know, you've never done a Lego challenge before, you know, and so I'm curious, you know, how do you approach challenges either with this first challenge or in general in terms of coming up with your concepts, but also your division of labor? And maybe how did this first challenge set the tone? I was really um, like excited with how quickly I think me and Stacy kind of found a groove in terms of how we work together. Um, we always tried to take a little bit of extra time to do planning because we knew being so new to working with each other, we would need to have a really good plan in place for how we were going to go about tackling each challenge. So we spent a lot of time making sure we were both um, like in on the concept, or even if one person maybe wasn't as in, it was like the other person had to be so invested that it made up for where they lacked in a way. <laughs> but like the space challenge, I think it was pretty quick that we like both loved this idea of like a vessel that was a way for us to share our love of content creation and live streaming with the world. So it was really easy for us to find different elements of that build that we individually wanted to work on. And that made it easy to kind of split up the work. Absolutely. And another part of our process would be we would say there's no bad ideas. So the second we got to our table, we would write down anything we thought of, especially the first things that popped into our minds. And usually we ended up going with the thing that we thought of right away. Hey, Nick, mm -hmm. you got to trust your get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, you know, obviously we saw, you know, can, can, Canadians being on the show is a big theme. And in this first episode, there was a segment with the two of you, can Canadians trash talk? And, you know, <laughs> Nick, you know, uh, Stacey, you said, we're going to crush you. And Nick, you said, our build is going to be way better than yours. Uh, you know, what was it like sort of like these put ons, you know, getting to interface with Will this first time out? I would say I was extremely nervous the first time Will came out. I think that was actually like it happened to be during a time where Stacey and I were having a little bit of doubt about like where we were going about with the challenge. 
um, just because, again, it was our first time doing it. And so when Will came by, we were like, oh, not right now. We're like kind of struggling here. And so like having to, you know, bring out some smack talk on top of that. I just yeah, we were in a great place to do that regardless. We're obviously not meant for it being Canadian. Um, so it's just like, oh, this is this is weird. <laughs> we are terrible at smack talk. But I do think that was one of my favorite moments from the season. And like you said, Nick, we were at a part where we weren't quite sure what we were doing with our build at that moment. And it did help break it up a bit. I was mm. really relieved because after that, we really got into a groove with our build. So I was I was pretty happy that Will came over when he did. Yeah, Will's, Will's definitely really good at just like helping remind you to like take it easy, slow down a little bit, have some fun. And like, that's something you, you, you'd be surprised how often you need that throughout the competition. Oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Well, you know, this ship was definitely a unique build. I think there was like, even uh, in hearing you talk about it after the show, more Canadian references than I think we even got to see on the show. So t talk to us about this build and sort of like, you know, what, what you, what were your takeaways from it? What, what do we not get to see? Stacey, I feel like you could take this one away. Go for it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I feel like there was quite a bit that you didn't get to see in our ship and that's especially the inside. We've got Nick and we were live streaming to the galaxy and we actually had our whole studio built up with like our computers and our gaming chairs and our lights, like our studio lights were actually lit up inside the ship. But not only that, the whole thing was being powered by a maple tree. <laughs> that, that good old, that good old Canadian maple syrup is what was fueling the ship. And we also wanted to bring into our, our community members into the build as well. So we had our moderators floating around in our ship as well. One of them, I think, was getting sick because he wasn't a huge fan of the no gravity <laughs> situation. Uh, so it was just all these tiny little details that were inside the ship that I don't feel like you really got a chance to see. But I mean, it's episode one. There's so many builds to showcase. And I just wish they could have seen more of those little details. And that goes yes. for every build, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know. Uh, my brother just suggested that they should do some sort of like um, like VR or AR experience where you Ooh. could, uh, you know, like wear some glasses, walk around the builds, you know, zoom in, you know, as long as you want, because, you know, I would pour over the details. <laughs> that, that would, would be, be so cool. I just wish we could even just have more photos, too, of the yeah. builds. Ah, oh, because, yeah, there's so many things that I want to showcase. It's so sad that they destroy all these builds. Uh, I know. I'm sure that's like fairly heartbreaking. But I guess maybe on some of the builds that weren't your favorite, it might be a little cathartic to see someone <laughs> tearing it apart. <laughs> well, it's I especially just... fun when they do it in a fun way, like a wrecking ball or something. But uh, the spaceships, they just they just kind of disappeared after the episode. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Um, you know, in the season one space challenge, they all got smashed, but this this time around they didn't. So they just myster mysteriously disappear. <laughs> Sorry, I will throw, I remembered one other thing about our build too. And I do want to make sure the uh, hardcore FOLs know out there, our build was definitely semi-inspired by what's known as a Vic Viper. It was a popular style of ship um, that the Lego community loved doing with like a single central fin, two like angled like back fins and then like two forward prongs. And so I definitely pulled from that because I, I definitely wanted to try to represent the community a little bit. Just because of where the module was, I couldn't do a single fin in the middle. I had to do two bigger ones, but I definitely wanted to make sure people knew that we, uh, you know, we were we were inspired by the the amazing community out there. <laughs> yeah, and our ship was so swooshable. Nick, do you Very. remember flying our ship around and making noises? Yeah, it was so much fun doing that. <laughs> it was so fun. And I don't know, are we allowed to say this now on the podcast about the top two? I think so, right? I think we I can have not. I mean, it happened. It just yeah. didn't care by chance. <laughs> so, because like you said, we want to talk about things that a lot of people don't get to see on the show. And we were actually in the top two for the very first episode. Oh, alongside wow. Steven and Steven. Yeah, 
because uh, I and notably in my notes, I had like, you know, I always keep a section for the top two, bottom two, and I crossed it out because they only talked about Steven, but it might have just been cut for time. I think it I think that's exactly why it was cut because they were running out of time. But yeah, it was it was the first challenge and we got to be top two and we were so honored to be standing up there with them. And it was it was a very exciting way to start the competition. I know. And what a what a interesting foreshadowing too at uh, you know, at the end. <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is can you believe this? And we talked about that on the show with the Stevens. We're like, oh, we're up here again, the two of us. <laughs> At wow. the very end. That is, that's an interesting bookend. I almost feel like uh, in hindsight, they should have made a bigger deal of that in the edit. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a, what a great start then. You know, you're kicking off on this high, top two, you know, getting recognized by the Brickmasters, I'm sure felt amazing, uh, you know, going into the second episode. But the second episode was Jurassic Brick World, uh, you know, with Chris Pratt. And obviously, Stacey, you know, ah! that clip of you was highlighted in all the, you know, commercials. <laughs> but what was it like to meet Chris Pratt? Chris, oh, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am still so excited that I got to meet Chris Pratt. He was amazing. Uh, when I actually walked out into this onto the set, I didn't know he was going to be there and he was like oh hey Stacy I've seen your live streams wow. <laughs> and I was just starstruck I couldn't believe it wow that is so exciting and there was a whole segment with you Stacy getting to train blue the raptor <laughs> so what was it like being on set I guess I should say with the real celebrity the dinosaur blue was blue is intimidating right Nick <laughs> Yeah, he actually, yeah. Uh, there was a moment that didn't make the episode where, like, Blue was just hanging out with us. He was obviously trying to get something, but, like, we both knew he was there. And then, like, he moved and, like, made a noise in a certain way that just, I guess, caught Stacy completely off guard. And she literally, like, tossed some Lego bricks into the air. <laughs> I was like, but you knew he was there. It's not like he surprised you. It was, it was funny. It was funny. But you know when you think something's gonna happen and then it's just not happening, and then yeah, he roared or something, and yeah, I just screamed and the Lego bricks went flying. <laughs> so that's why I got instructions from Chris Pratt on how to handle blue. Ah, uh, yes, because after getting scared, uh, you, you got to get those uh, those raptors under control, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so obviously, this was a really interesting challenge. You know, you had uh, all these different um, explosion, you know, tactics. You know, yours was the sparks. And early on, we see that you're doing power lines. Liz and Aaron were talking about power lines. You know, what was that negotiation like, you know, in real time? I think it was really funny because Stacy and I's first, I think, concept we were pretty excited about was actually sports. But we were like, oh, everybody's going to do sports for sure. Let's think of something <laughs> else. And we went to power lines being like, oh, this is unique. Stacy also has a unique connection to it because her dad's like a power line technician. So wow. it was like, this is great. We can tie some personal stuff into it. And then, of course, we run around and find out other people are doing power lines. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think you see that awkward exchange, too, when I hear I just kind of slowly back out of frame and continue working on my project. <laughs> <laughs> and is, is walking around and like seeing what everyone else was doing, something that you took time to do every episode? Because I feel like lots of teams talk about how they never even get to see what anyone building sometimes until the end. And even then you don't get to see it very well. That's true. I think for the most part, we all tried to somewhat pay attention uh, to to a certain extent what everyone was building. And that has come in handy. Like when we talk about episode three, there was another team that had a very similar idea as our first one. And because we talked about it, we immediately were able to pivot and be like, okay, well, we don't want to create something similar. So we'll come up with something else. So I think it is important to pay attention to what's going on in the room. Yes, because we've you know we had a lot of famous instances, Baby Gate, you know, all these <laughs> sort of things in the previous season. So mm -hmm. you got to avoid the uh, 
duplicating ideas where you can. Um, but this one was a really fun one. The Night of the Living Dinosaurs. Uh, it was kind of a trick-or-treat themed one. You know, talk to us about this build. I think Stacey should take this one. She she, she was the, the brains behind this awesome project. <laughs> I love this build. This build to this day is still probably one of my favorites. It just makes me so, so happy. Uh, so we've got Terry the Triceratops, who of course loves Halloween, uh, but this time uh, he found a curious little dinosaur. And so he was eager to get a closer look, and that's how he accidentally knocked over the Transformers, and that's when the sparks start flying. <laughs> so I just thought it was such a cute scene, and I, I Nick Brick built all of the characters for it, which I loved. We didn't use any of the prefabricated dinosaurs, we built our own. And the little Stacy in the dinosaur costume, I just, I still think is one of my favorite characters Nick has ever done. <laughs> yeah, so cute, the pink dinosaur costume. And it's interesting because I feel like brick built characters sort of as like an underlying theme this season. And I feel like if you could do that, it not only helped you set like a more maybe TV worthy scale for your build, but it also really, I think, helped many teams stand out. So, you know, brick, I guess, as, uh, or Nick, I should say, as the brick building you know, a character expert, you know, what are your thoughts about that as like a future strategy that other, you know, future contestants should consider? Yeah, I think any way you can just help yourself stand out from from the crowd is obviously a positive. Um, and I've just had so much practice from building characters from doing stuff with my community. They're always throwing lots of strange and weird ideas for me to tackle. <laughs> and just having a little bit of that larger scale to kind of work around, um, just helps things stand out. And that like when especially when you're a little bit further from a build, the more information you can glean at a distance, the more likely you are to kind of be drawn into it. Um, so me and Stacey talked about it a lot throughout the show about um, sort of like a 10-3-1 rule. They may actually pick the, up on this a little bit from Lego Masters New Zealand stuff as well. We heard that mentioned there too. So um, the idea being that like from very far, how much of a build can you see? Is it drawing you in to take a closer look? And then once you get a little bit closer, what kind of additional things are you seeing? And then when you get really up close, what further things are you seeing? So uh, I think brick build characters being bigger and larger just is something easier for your eye to catch. And it's something that's going to help draw you into the build. Absolutely. Yeah. And we saw it obviously pay off for you. Well, you know, in many instances, the competition, um, but this was a really great build. And it was cool to see a licensed challenge this early mm -hmm. in the season. You know, obviously, we'd never seen that before, you know, but the next one, I think, you know, really took it up a notch, the brick and bull ride rodeo. And this one, I think was uh, a, a challenge that I, you know, I'm not sure anyone really expected going into mm -hmm. it. But when you are given this challenge, obviously, there's a lot to think about the structure, the everything, you know, so wh wh where did you go as a as a team as you planned this to account for a, such a crazy challenge like a bull riding? My, my first two thoughts were technic and then just a boatload of plates. <laughs> Lots oh and my lots goodness, of so many plates. Yeah, and I, I, I feel awful because I had Stacy hammering plates down probably for what, two or three hours of that challenge alone? Oh, at least. Yeah. <laughs> there um, were so a idea, lot of plates. Yeah, the idea was build a large frame out of Technic that would be very strong, that we could surround from all four sides and really, really tie together tightly with like plates on the exterior, and then locking that into the base with like probably seven or eight layers of plates because plates just have this very unique property where the more you stack them together, the more the friction between them increases. And so I knew that would be probably our best bet for holding on to the bull for as long as possible. It's gotcha. probably a good thing that they did this challenge where the, you know, our Bella, the ballerina goes flying off the bull or else 
I don't know if the brick pit crew could have separated all those pieces. <laughs> yeah, there were there were multiple builds done throughout that challenge where I think certain elements of them were never coming apart. Like the Stevens core, I think there were elements of our core they probably would have never taken apart. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. And definitely some of those plates would have never been separated. Yeah, but we were definitely going for strong with that build. And also size. I think that was probably one of the biggest builds or at least the tallest. I think it, 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 it might have been and admittedly a little bit regrettably so i think i got a little carried away when i was doing the structure that our build actually ended up being taller than i intended um so and i think that it actually might have contributed to why it fell off when it did and that there was just it was so top heavy that it did a lot of work to actually rip off those plates on the bottom as they kept going through the levels but i gotcha. mean it lasted to level nine <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was so close it was the second longest we were so close Yes. Oh my gosh. And, and to see it in a, you know, with the arm up in the air and, you know, kind of swaying around with a happy face the whole time. She, you yeah. know, she never broke a sweat, but it was great. Well, she had poise, that Bella the ballerina. And I loved that she was in fourth position because when you're riding a bull, you're also supposed to have one hand up in the air. I think I've seen enough rodeos to know that. <laughs> so it just, I think it really worked with our with our whole concept. Yes, you had that great line where you said, uh, it may be in fourth position, but it's coming in first. Uh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> She's a confident um, little ballerina. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, this was a really fun one. But then we go into the next challenge, which was obviously a huge standout for the two of you, the out on a limb challenge. So your build this time was called play and it was that treehouse challenge. You know, so this one is a very, again, like, you know, they they challenged you all like really immensely on this season. And in this one, you're building on a tree. And, you know, one thing that Amy called out during the episode was that you were building mostly on the table versus other teams that were building on the tree. So I'm curious to get, you know, from your perspective, the strategy about how you approached building in such a unique and unconventional way. Yeah, in my mind, it was just like, I wanted our build to really like be one with the tree. And like, I think what, what, what I've always thought was so cool about when you look at a treehouse is just seeing all the weird and random ways, like those tree branches just kind of protrude out of the, the, the structure. Yeah. <laughs> and I really wanted to embody that with, with our treehouse build. So the idea was, well, build kind of a face plate. And I think we were pretty lucky, admittedly, that like the front of our tree was fairly flat so that we could kind of rest it up against there, plan out where all of the tree branches were going to protrude from and then plan out to build around those sections. Um, so I think we ended up having probably like a good like 20, 30 minute segment of that that 10 hours for the challenge where me and Stacey were just taking turns holding up the build and the other person was working on building around the individual branches to lock it in around the whole, the whole tree. Exactly. When someone's arms would get sore, we'd yeah. trade off. Uh, because yeah, we really wanted it to be integrated in the tree. And I, th I think that was something that they they called out that they really liked is it really felt like it was a, it was a proper treehouse. Yes, absolutely. And it was so cool. Obviously, it was a giant two by four brick. And in the dress brick world challenge, we saw Nick, you were in a two by four <laughs> brick costume. So this sort of became a theme for you. But, you know, was, you know, kind of like, um, you know, was doing that homage to Lego itself, like really important to you? Or is that just a fun idea? Like sort of where did that come from? I would say a little bit of both. Like I, I like I definitely just have such a deep love of of Lego. It's like probably like second or third in the things I love most in my life. Um, obviously, you know, you got my fiance and my family there too, I guess. Um, but uh, so yeah, I just really, really do love Lego. And I, I love, you know, providing homage to homages to it at every opportunity I get. And this was just like such a great big opportunity to do it. So it was just like, why not? And then I think when I thought like of treehouse elements, like little windows and little hidden doors and stuff, it was like, oh, we can take advantage of the studs as like being the unique places to include these things. So it just felt like the ideas really lined up. Yeah. I mean, this was such a cool one. And we also saw, you know, there was a lot of um, 
different areas in your tree house, even on the outside of that two by four brick, you know, there was like a castle, there was a ship, there was all these sort of things. So talk to us about some of the details there, because I'm sure we missed something. Um, oh, I, I yes, actually think actually, they did a pretty good job of showing most of them. What do you think, well, Stacey? I don't know if they showcased this. We actually made a separate branch out of Lego. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that the, the ladder climbing up could be as if it was built right into the tree trunk. And we had a spaceship on top where you could like have a sleepover and be in your sleeping bag and look out at the stars. And so it had a, a clear top on it. And I thought that was really cute. And I don't know if they showcased that as much. Did they show off the cardboard monster? Nick? They did. They did. Yeah, okay, they definitely okay. showed up the cardboard monster. Um, <laughs> and that was a super last minute edition. I think that came together with within the last, like, I want to say five to eight minutes. It did, and, but I wanted it from the beginning. I was like, I'm, we need I'm, to have a cardboard monster. I was like, Nick, build me a monster. Let's I'm, go. I'm very, very glad Stacy pushed so hard for it at the end there. Because it was definitely like, it was, again, a small detail. Wasn't the most complicated build, but it really helped tell the whole story of what what kind of the the imagination of the kids running wild so yeah and i feel like those plate built you know kind of uh creatures or characters if you will sort of became a signature style of yours For throughout sure. the competition maybe yeah. in part due to, to the speed requirements with absolutely which you, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i'd love to spend like 20 30 minutes on on a character and making it 3d but when you're on such a tight timeline and especially as you can you just watch those minutes wither away way faster than you think you're like all right i gotta build for efficiency here so i i definitely think you know for anyone who might be thinking about competing in the future you definitely got to be mindful of what types of building allow you to get things done quicker yeah i know any shortcuts you can find especially mm -hmm. like when you're crunch for time i i can't even imagine but Absolutely. you know this was you know your first win so obviously you were in the top ah! two we didn't even know about it in the first episode <laughs> but now you've got your first win here in episode four you know, talk to me what that felt like to get recognized in that way. We, I was so excited. I think you see it in my reaction. I was like jumping up and down. I can't remember <laughs> who it was. I think it was Will who made a joke. And it's like, she's acting like she won the whole competition right now. <laughs> because I was just so excited. And I was so proud of the build that we had created. And there were some other challenges during that challenge that people don't know about, like bugs, bugs <laughs> in the trees. That was a Ooh. thing, something you don't expect to have to deal with on Lego Masters. And that set off like a chain reaction to me being scared of tiny little dark brown or black Lego pieces that I think would think are like spiders or bugs from here on out. Uh, and also I was slightly allergic to the tree. So there was oh, wow. <laughs> definitely some challenges. Um, so winning that one just felt absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was it was amazing recognition from the Brickmasters, like a good sense that we could kind of find our groove in how we compose the builds. And like if we if we get that right, it can be, you know, something that people are really, really excited about seeing and, you know, evokes a little bit of that feeling of just being a kid again. And I think that was something me and Stacey tried to lean into a lot. And it was awesome to see that it was something the Brickmasters really liked too. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, to your point, that did become a theme, I think, for the two of you throughout the competition. And I do think it's, um, it speaks, I think, to this idea of like, what, you know, what play and imagination sort of bring to, you know, the Lego that you're, I should say, Lego uniquely brings out of people. And I feel like that's something that the Brickmasters, I think, really resonate with. Um, so, you know, kudos to you for having fun in that way, but also maybe, uh, you know, latching onto that. Yeah, I think I think that's also just a style that Nick and I both love is just building things that our inner child would like. And Nick, I don't know if you remember, but I remember Tacos saying to us very early on and she was like, my 
daughter is going to love everything you guys built. <laughs> and I was like, it's so true. We totally have a style that's just very family friendly and something that kids I think will really enjoy. Well, you're on the right show for that. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, we move on then to our Brickminster dog show and you had Pippin the Corgi. So talk to me about oh, like, Pippin. this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Corgi of all the types of dogs to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we knew from the very beginning before we all started running for those leashes that we had to get the corgi because it's such an important iconic symbol in nick's community right nick yeah a long long running joke in the community i actually counted like right before that episode aired to to actually know how many corgis i've built and there are at least 70 variations of corgis i've built over the last five or six years and my community actually even like have pushed at times like nick you got to build a life-size corgi someday and so like i obviously did not necessarily actually want to dedicate the time to that but what are the <laughs> odds that it would like just be served to us on a silver platter on lego masters though the tiktokers actually were like they did want to fight us for the corgi because they really loved the idea of building a corgi too but uh on the sprint they decided they did not want to and so we were able to get it <laughs> i was so happy that we got it i was like oh nick's community is gonna love this i definitely also, would have never lived it down if i didn't <laughs> right also corgis i mean their butt wiggle it's the best thing <laughs> that a corgi's got going is the butt wiggle quite an adorable feature so it was definitely uh, extra exciting to have an opportunity to bring that feature of it to life <laughs> yes Will joked that you were sort of, you know, waiting your whole life to be able to do that. But, you know, at what point in the build did that come, you know, uh, you know, come out in the planning process or were, were you always going to add a motorized butt wiggle component from the start? It was it was like pretty early on. I think we had said we, we would love to make sure that does happen. And um, part of our strategy, actually, for ensuring that the Corgi would come down the runway smoothly was making sure it was actually back heavy. Um, so having the excuse to put battery boxes and motors near the back of the build was actually part of our strategy for mm-hmm. how we ensure the build can come smoothly down the runway. Because if it got too front heavy, you might have tilted over over or forward as we dragged it. So um, it was kind of a win-win scenario where they're like, we needed the weight at the back anyways. And then it gave us the opportunity to include a fun motorized piece. So really, really glad we were able to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, th- that was the unique part of this challenge. was not only do you have to recreate something, you know, life-size, but also you had to be able to wheel it down this, you know, grass runway. And we saw some people not do very well with that. So, you know, what did you put in place in the build, uh, you know, structurally, you know, to make sure that that happened or with the wheels, you know, talk us through that component. Cause I feel like that was not highlighted though. Magically all the dogs seem to wheel down the, the runway. Um, yeah, I think the, the main thing was just like making sure the whole technic core was tied together. Well, like the head was not something like the neck and head was the or at least the structure for the neck and head, I should say, was something part of the very early plan for the overall structure. So you wanted to know, like with a lot of confidence that every part of the build, like the legs, the body and the head neck were all very intensely tied together to ensure that there would be no separation in any of those components. Um, so I'm, I'm glad we kind of leaned into that early. But uh, I think between making sure all of that was tied together really well and then making sure we had the butt wiggle. And then I think I ended up hyper-focusing on the details of the face and that left us a bit shy on time to kind of round out a lot of the body elements. Um, So I think our build's a a little bit blockier um, than it would have been nice to have the time for. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's so tough because I always say this isn't the competition where like it's everyone doing the best work they could ever do. It's everyone doing the best work within the constraints and the time and all that sort of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when something's got to give, it sounds like you focused on the right things, you know, uh, both ends of the dog, let's say. Yeah, Uh, exactly. (laughs) The ends were great, the middle. (laughs) 
Um, well, yes. Well, that was a really fun one for the two of you. And certainly glad you were able to do that for your community. But the next one was the Pirate Ships Ahoy Challenge. So this was, you know, the Pirate Ship Challenge. You had the Plantain Pearl. And again, there was another discussion over who was doing monkeys, you know, uh, for their <laughs> ship. You know, so talk me through sort of how you came up with your concept. And then some of that, uh, you know, discourse between you and Ethan, your, your team and Ethan and Dom's team. I don't even remember how we came up with this idea. I, I really think don't. I had something with like a jungle themed pirate ship. Had that inspired, I okay, want to say. And then I was probably like, let's make magical monkeys because why yeah. not? <laughs> I think that was about that was about the conversation. <laughs> and I think, again, because we loved characters. And that one, we were supposed to use minifigs. Right. Uh, I think I we think, they, they had provided some like pirate specific minifigures for everybody to use. So there I was think the scale had to be that for everybody. And that's why our monkey made them magical because we couldn't oh. find little monkeys. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. Right. But we were so into brick building characters at this point that we wanted to add <laughs> characters to our ship. So we had giant magical purple purple monkeys. <laughs> As one does, as one does. As one does. <laughs> um, I think just once, I mean, you know, they were also doing monkeys as well, but they had a very different idea than ours. And our ships looked so different as well. So I think we just kind of had fun playing into it. And we were sharing bananas and coming up with different solutions to make more bananas for our ship. So we, we still worked really well with them. It didn't get too competitive. <laughs> well, you know, this was an interesting challenge because you know, obviously, like you said, you did all this like great monkey theming. And while we saw, you know, like the big plantain leaf sail, we saw, you know, some of the cannons, those sort of things. There was all these little stories I could tell on the ship. So what was some of your favorite stories or, or some of the stories with the monkeys that we may maybe didn't get to see? Oh, OK. So there's one very specific story point that didn't make it in. And I don't remember exactly how we worded it when we were giving our presentation, but there's always monkey in the banana stand. Do you remember that? There's something about that. We're like, there's always monkey in the banana stand because that's what he was guarding was all of the, the mystical bananas mm -hmm. and they were in search for those. And that didn't make it in. And if you're an Arrested Development fan, you know that joke is gold. <laughs> yes, obviously, to those who are uninitiated, Will, you know, was on the show Arrested Development and it was a classic line on the show. There's always money in the banana stand because the Bluth family, their family ran a banana stand. So um, but yeah, I you know uh, Maria on season two supposedly always tried to talk to Will about Arrested Development and get him to say lines from that. So, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that was fun. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I wish that made it in. Uh, but I just thought our whole story was a ton of fun. And hashtag banana fact, uh, it, it didn't, it, I think it was trending for a little while, at least <laughs> yeah. in our communities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah, that was a really fun one. Um, you know, and it, it almost like it was like a Donkey Kong, almost like Bill, that's sort of what it reminded me of. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, so maybe another video game reference subtly, but <laughs> we move on then to Camp Clickabrick. And you know, I'm sure this is the part of the competition that feels strange to talk about for the two of you um, as things sort of start to turn a little bit. But this was your cloud camp build. And so, you know, they ask you, you know, tell tell us a story about a camp, you know, the, the most unbelievable camp, you know, that's never existed. And, you know, so talk to us about this concept and, you know, maybe some of the feedback, because obviously, you know, Jamie said it's a fantastic story, but what are you visually doing to connect it to a camp? So talk us through like kind of maybe the high highs of, of coming up with the uh, the concept and some of this feedback and, and how you had to pivot. Yeah, it was definitely a case of like what at least me, Stacey, and I think Brendan and Greg also, it was pretty evident yeah. that they had walked away with this impression from the initial um, you know, information we got on the challenge was just go basically go totally wild. Like 
like don't just like make a themed camp like space camp we want you to take it to the next level so you're like great let's throw most traditional camp things out the window and like have it barely feel like a camp with just like lots of fantastical elements and so we leaned into that and we we got into it for a few hours and then like you said we got that feedback like how are you making this feel like a camp and it's like oh no we read into this <laughs> a little more than we should have and now we gotta like scale things back a little bit and like try to bring that camp feel in but uh, i think we were just basically a little too far in to really real real the fant fantastical part of the building enough to get that camp feel and so i yeah. think that's just kind of how things ended up and i think also we maybe i don't know could have just told the story a little bit better because once we did get that note which was a little later on than we would have liked <laughs> we did try to pivot and make sure that it felt like camp and so some of the things we thought of is like sleeping underneath stars in the clouds so we incorporated that horseback riding is a big thing at camp but instead ours was unicorn riding sure. <laughs> you know or zip lining <laughs> is a big thing at camp but instead it's zip lining at the tooth fairy's house or not her house but like she's teaching the kids how to zip line properly uh so we did try to incorporate those in but i think it was just a little too last minute for us to really sell the idea yeah it's, and, it's one of those things where they they work their way around the judges you know they go from table to table and they may not get to you to your point for hours and so you could be far along on a concept that you know sadly they may have issues with you know but depending on when they hit you you're sort of, you know, to your point, stuck with that. So I feel like that's an element of the competition that people probably don't uh, get a, a, a ton of insight on. Yeah, and I will say, like, I think in particular, our function was, like, very fantastical and not very camp-related and, like, didn't necessarily sell the camp idea well. We had tried to tie the, like, center into a scavenger hunt. Uh, so we had, like, put, like, a magnifying glass there and there were pots of gold and, like, a map. And the, so the kids were riding leprechauns, find, searching for the 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 gold the pots of gold but like it ended up just coming across as more of a theme park ride which i totally get and like definitely does distract from the camp idea but we had already assembled a lot of that function and it was like well we have to keep the functionality we've invested all this time in the motorization and the gearing and whatever and, and so, it was uh, a complicated function, right? Was, we had, a, we had a, yeah, we had a, a few different functions as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to your point, we we saw that function, you know, do very well for a team recently on the the you know holiday brictacular that sort mm -hmm. of dual spinning in opposite directions function. I, yeah. I won't go into it in case people haven't uh, you know watched that yet. But <laughs> but but to your point, like that, it was a very advanced function, and you know this was a function challenge to some extent. So. It was uh, probably uh, fairly disheartening to find yourself in the bottom two for the first time. And it so, was. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about that. You know, like, I mean, obviously you've been doing very well up until this point. You already had a win. You've been in the top two before. And, you know, even, you know, th this is sort of the first, you know, maybe, you know, step back that you've had this whole time. Um, I would I would say for me, it was just like like more of like, a, OK, you know, what? we didn't do a bad build, at least. So like, I don't feel as bad about being here because I'm still really happy with what we built overall. It was just like, OK, we missed a little bit on the concept and kind of the intention of the challenge. And like, that's something I feel like I wouldn't punish myself for as much <laughs> as I would if like we just produced a bad build. Um, so it was it was certainly disheartening, but it was like, OK, you know, this is more of a slip up than like a big mistake. So like we can learn from this and kind of move forward. Uh, if we have the opportunity to and luckily we ended up you know of course having a non-elimination which was just such a an exciting thing to have happen when you're in the bottom two <laughs> um so yeah I, I was just glad we kind of had an opportunity to you know use that as a learning lesson yeah and it's tough because you know to your point it's more of like an interpretation of the challenge you know because mm -hmm. obviously you know let's say you know jamie and amy loved or like weren't bothered let's say by the camp 
you know, aspect of it. I think this could have been one of the best builds, you know, because to your point, so much of it was built really well. The function was one of the more advanced ones. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, the challenge Dave and Richard went home on last season, the land and sea challenge, where I think their build was was maybe the best build of that episode, but the judges wanted, you know, a brand new environment for a brand new creature versus this kind of more human environment for their, you know, um, their penguin coral hybrid, you know, so it's one of those things where, you know, you know, some it's all subjective. So sometimes the judges might be like, oh, you you kind of uh, you went around the rules and we love you for it. Or it's like, well, you didn't follow the rules and now you didn't follow the rules. You know, so it, it's mm-hmm. to your point. It's it's more an interpretation, you know, of, of the, you know, of the prompt versus the quality of the build. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't have beaten myself up, you know, too much either. But I'm sure it was at least at all challenging, you know, as you, you know, we're now you know ha- past halfway where like the fatigue starting to set in. And, you know, to have this first, you know, time in the bottom two, uh, which couldn't have been easy. <laughs> no, and uh, like, I love that. Well, one, thank you for the recognition of the build. That's really, really kind that you think was so great. Uh, it means a lot to, <laughs> to both me and Stacey, for sure. And then, yeah, just like the fatigue is definitely, I think this is where you start to kind of see teams start to really be affected by it. And we were no exception to that. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. And we move on then to episode eight. So this is Mini Golf Masters. <laughs> And, you know, this oh, one... mini golf. <laughs> oh, mini golf. <laughs> well, yes, this one was, I think, a really unique idea. And you came out of the gate, gate very strong with a clear concept, but also a very ambitious, you know, like, a, you know, a depiction of, of how to carry out that concept, if you will. So talk to us about kind of the, coming up with this idea and some of your experiences throughout the build phase, you know, of this challenge. It was definitely ambitious. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I think, like you mentioned with the fatigue, it was just like, we didn't, and, and I would say me, especially, I would definitely take the fall for for this, like, let's, let's say very near failure. Um, oh, and yeah. that like, I just didn't realize just how ambition, ambitious we were going with it. I had kind of like just convinced myself that we would have lots of time to like quickly get up the walls and then add the details that we wanted to at the end. And just the time on the functionality just ended up being a lot more intensive than I thought. I've never built anything remotely like what they call a GBC in the community, a great ball contraption. And that's where I got my inspiration from. So maybe what wasn't the best idea to take inspiration from something I've never done before um, and try to figure that out for the first time, uh, you know, in a competitive environment. Um, but uh, you, know you know what, though, Nick, I don't regret that we did that because here's the thing. And then we haven't really talked about this yet. We said from the very the get go with every challenge, we were going to push ourselves. We were never going to take the easy way out. When it came to the spaceship challenge, we tried to make the the spaceship go out from the wall as much as possible. You know, the bull rider, we wanted it to last the longest. With the dog, we were the only people that put a a motion or a movement into our dog build. So we did say from the get-go, yes, we want to complete the challenges and do our best, but we also want to push ourselves and see what we can really do. So yes, we might have been a little bit ambitious, but that's also (laughs) what we set out to do with every challenge. Yeah. I mean, I think the hard part with you know, a few of the challenges this season is that you're not building multiple components. You're you're sort of building one big component. And and in this cha- in this challenge, I guess it didn't have to be that way, but that's sort of the way it had to be, you know, based on this wall, this kind of fake wall concept that you were going for. And so is there any thought around kind of the strategy where it maybe, especially with a team of two, it's maybe better to come up with things you can divide on versus these elements that sort of have to be built as one. Yeah, I, I definitely think I, I wish we had found a different idea that was a little bit easier to divide and conquer on. <laughs> um, initially, Stacy was doing a lot of the like separate elements, like the cheese kind of wedge blocks that were kind yeah. of some obstacles for for our course, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then it just like, it became pretty evident pretty quickly that 
I was spending a lot more time on some of the technical elements of the wall. And so Stacy had to come in and, and start helping me with a lot of that because had she not board, and spent yeah. time on other things, we just definitely would have had even less of a finished build than what we did. But uh, I, I can't stress this enough, and I've said it like a million times, like to my community and stuff like that. Like I, I can't thank Stacy enough for just staying positive, keeping us motivated. I think like there was a point around the 30 minute mark. It was probably shortly after we got the build down onto the ground. And I just like step back and look at it. And I'm like, this is not like a build I'm proud of right now. Um, <laughs> and Stacy just said, you know what, Nick, like this is not the time to give up. We can still do this. Like you can you you can clearly build characters quickly, like even though it's not going to be, you know, the, to the extent of what we wanted, just like go for it, like make it happen. And she kind of snapped me out of my little, I don't know, sadness bout, I guess, um, or something. And uh, and we managed to, you know, bring just enough together for us to have something that we could present. And uh, I guess we, we, in a sense, we, you know, it was meant to be. I, I said at some point, like, if we're meant to be in this competition, the build will work perfectly. And that might just be enough to keep us in the competition. If it doesn't work, then we're definitely going home. And, you know, <laughs> that'll be that. And by some miracle, it did. So, it did work. Uh, and we did not give up. Like, yeah. we worked until the very last second. I was still, like, stacking bricks. And finally, when it was, like, three, two, at one is when I finally had to throw down the bricks that were in my hands. Like, we built until the very last second, which yeah. I think is a really good thing for people to know if you're going to go into the competition. Like, make use of every minute that you've got. Yeah, I mean, and you clearly did. Because, yeah, I, in my notes, you know, at 30 minutes left, at least according to the edit, you're still trying to fit it in you know, into the, you know, into the green. And, you know, you, you and Nick, you're, you said, there's no way. And Stacy said, Nick, we can do this. And so, uh, you know, I really do appreciate that about you, Stacey. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, there's a couple of those times, I think you sort of were that steady voice to snap Nick out of it. You know, I love it. You say in this, in this challenge, you say, I'm going to work on the roof, build me some cats. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I just needed to be told what to do and when to do it, and then I would I would be able to do that. <laughs> so I love that, Nick. Build me some cats. Stacy took that's charge, and that's exactly what we needed. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna randomly just say that to you next time we like stream together or something. I'm gonna be like, Nick, build me some cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, done. Uh, you know, one, one quick thing, you know, we did notice um, on the podcast that a lot of the cats, you know, obviously it was built with those plate building techniques like we talked about. But there was a couple cats that had very like rectangular faces, kind of reminded me of, you know, Unikitty from the Lego movies. Was that intentional? Oh. I, I would say that was maybe subconscious. Like, I don't recall <laughs> ever thinking of Unikitty. But like, I think just like, taking a cat and breaking it down into his basic form. It's like rectangular face, triangular ears. And like, it just so happened to look like Unikitty. And I, I don't know, maybe that's where Lego got their inspiration from for the character. So <laughs> I, I would lean towards subconscious, not conscious decision. <laughs> well, I love that. We, we loved it either way. Um, but again, here, we're in, you're in the bottom too. And, you know, but I think, you know, my theory is, is that, you know, obviously, you know, Amy mentioned it lacked some of the polish, but my theory is that it was really your function, you know, that really impressive function and the fact that it worked and it was fun to play. That sort of was enough to take you over the edge, because a lot of times I think that the difference maker in terms of both who wins, but also who stays is sort of like which build more so embodied the spirit of the challenge. Um, and, you know, and so that's why it was my theory that that you uh, were able to, you know, uh, survive again one more uh, episode in this time around. I, I, I would agree. I think that that really was what gave us the edge. But and at the same time, it's like it's devastating to know that, like, like I had seen Dom and Ethan test their build multiple times, like and it didn't have any problems. And it might have just been like the accumulation of those tests, like causing the piece that ended up falling off and blocking their builds 
like just to slowly wear down a little bit. And yeah. had they spent maybe a few more minutes even just reinforcing that one part of their builds, that could have been the difference maker. And it's it's so wild to think such a small, minute detail can literally be the difference uh, in these challenges. So I, I would say if there were, if there was anything I learned from this challenge, she was just like always giving yourself a tiny bit of extra time to just double check over your build and make sure you get every finishing detail and making sure those most critical components are are going to be reliable if you can. <laughs> and if sure. I can, before we go on to the next one, I just want to shout out our Lego fam. To me, like I know it was a hard episode for both Nick and I, but to see the support that we got in the room was so special to me. That's why we incorporated, you know, the, the cat and the mouse onto our finale build was because it meant so much to us that we had our Lego fam cheering us on and rooting for it to work. And that was that was really special for me and something I'll never forget. Yeah. And, and didn't Greg even help you carry it to the wall? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so glad that got highlighted in the episode. Like, I think there were actually a lot more moments throughout the season where teams were like helping each other and they're supporting each other. We did see it with like Emily and uh, and uh, Tacos and Michelle, yeah. of course, uh, in their episode. But there were a lot more moments that like, that people unfortunately didn't get to see. So I'm glad, you know, this happened to be one where they did get to showcase it a little bit because we really were a family. And we just cared so much about each other. And I think it, had we all had a little more time with the challenges, we all would have been helping each other out way more. It was just like only because I had big red clock could I not step away from my bill to, <laughs> you know, offer some assistance to a friend. Because uh, yeah. we really all wanted to be there for each other. Well, and I'm sure for this challenge, you also would have loved to get to play the full, you know, the full round of golf, you know, to right? get to try everybody's holes. Yeah, that, would that have been didn't so happen, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, as, you know, just just like on the show this episode, we're on to the next one, um, <laughs> you know, so. You know, this next one was Wrecking Balls to the Wall. And this one, you got the Snow Guardian minifigure to create your Arctic Fortress. And, you know, at this point, you, you know, you said, we've been at the bottom and we have to get competitive at this point, which led you to want to go for the biggest build. You know, so was this just like you were saying, Stacey, like always trying to push yourself or, yeah. you know, talk us through that decision? Because obviously, the, you know, there there's, you know, two paths to go. You know, do you just go for the aesthetic build, you know, something you know you can get done? Or do you like, go for that bricks per minute like we saw last season with their, you know, uh, make and shake challenge and just try to throw down as much brick as possible and get to the top. So I, I very much so understood it as the challenge was supposed to be to build the tallest in the room. And I, I really wanted to honor the spirit of the challenge and go for what I thought they wanted us to do. It would have been nice to have that safe from elimination. But like I said earlier, we were always trying to push ourselves and go above and beyond. So of course we were going to go for the tallest. That was, that was <laughs> what I thought the challenge was supposed to be <laughs> well i, I, I would say it. i felt like similarly in that it wasn't there were there were many different aspects that you could choose to lean to into for the challenge and it like every team kind of took the um the brief like a little bit differently some teams really leaned into strength some teams really leaned into the aesthetics and so it it, it just like it was like for for us i think and, and especially in my mind i was like we've been in the bottom of the lot let's go for the thing that guarantees a safety over <laughs> anything else and I think actually, essentially along the way, we ended up getting a little bit distracted from that. Um, and that like, I spent a lot of time on that. Honestly, the worst thing I built throughout the competition, the lava <laughs> monster. Um, I, I'm very happy and quick to point that out. That is definitely not something I'm, I'm proud of. But, uh, you know, it's, it's what happened at the time. And you, of course, got to roll with it. Um, but I, I am glad we went for height because I think it was I, like we were actually genuinely having a lot of fun and laughter, so like fun. especially being right next to Dave and Emily. Um, so I'm glad they highlighted that a little bit, but honestly, we just had so much fun going back and forth <laughs> on like the height race. 
Yeah, we were yes. just also so happy to be situated next to them. Emily and I were like, we're finally beside each other. And we were having <laughs> such a blast trying to race for the tallest tower. Uh, we also, with our build, I, I will say, we really wanted to make, Nick and I love story. And we really wanted to have that wrecking ball have a point and be a part of our story. That was also something we really wanted to do with our build, which I do think we accomplished. Absolutely. It was like maybe one of the most exciting explosions when you saw that white, you know, tower turn into orange and yellow and red. I mean, it was really stunning, honestly. And it was so much fun to see, um, you know, and, and going back to your, uh, your character, Nick, I, I do have in my notes that you said, does he look okay? And then Stacy says, what does the back of him look like? And you said, awful, but it is what it is. <laughs> yep, I, knew it, I knew it then and I know it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, um, you know, sometimes I talk about Lego masters, like it's a food competition because, you know, it's sort of like, what do you put on the plate? And, you know, so was there ever a thought to just remove it? Um, so just to take the character off and try to sell the story in a different way? I think I think at that point, it was just like the time had already been invested. So taking it away would have just made the story lose out on on so much more that like it, it, it wasn't horrible enough to like justify the removal. It did just help tell the story. And it was still like in a, in a good place to kind of help tell the story, like the positioning of it and stuff. So I think we were okay enough with it that it was worth keeping. Yeah. Well, and then we see it, you know, throughout the, this challenge, you went for the snowflake, you know, so we had the snowflake on top to get the additional height as you move your build into place. And obviously not every challenge had a moving the build component. This one did. Uh, and my thought was you probably had to move it twice because, you know, it was sort of off, you know, in this staging area off to the side and only from moving it there did it fall. So talk us through you know, the snowflake incident, if you will. Um, the, the snowflake was really just like, again, having fun with Dave and Emily, seeing that we had a few minutes left at the end. I was like, let me see if I can whip up something that's substantial enough to like tie into our story, but like might also just be just enough to give us the edge and height. So I literally, I think it was less than five minutes, maybe, maybe six or seven um, that I just like grabbed those gray pieces and I just started <laughs> to see like, okay, what's the simplest way I can possibly do this? And I scrambled it together and then I was like, oh no, I didn't actually make a very good plan for how this is going to stay attached to the build. So I put it on the build knowing full well it was probably not staying on and I would have been <laughs> just as happy with our build without it as with it. Same, yeah. I think that's why even when it does fall, we don't look very disappointed because we were just having <laughs> so much funny fun with Emily and Dave at the end there just trying to race for the tallest. So yeah, I, I think it worked without it. <laughs> it. It definitely did. You know, you know, our question on the podcast was, was there a time requirement to get the build into place? You know, so could you have just taken even more time to ensure it didn't fall? I, I think with just the way we had to carry the build and that like it wasn't something we were rolling because uh, oh. I'm pretty or was it was it on a rolling table? I thought so. I think okay. it was. Well, I think regardless, still had like, to take it off anyway, I think, to slide it onto the base. Yeah, something like that. There was yeah. like, we knew that the way it, it had been built, there was no way it was staying on. So like, <laughs> Which I it, it was what it was. It was inevitable. Nick, for pretty much any build that we had to move or attach to something was all Nick. I'd be like in my little high heels being like, I'm just pretending to help right now. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't do a lot here. And moving some of the build is really challenging. Mm -hmm. I feel like a few people definitely uh, hurt their fingers at times for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the unknown perils that people don't realize of the Lego <laughs> Masters, you know, experience. But, you know, one thing we talked about was all the hidden details, you know, that maybe didn't get highlighted in this. You know, there was these little huskies on the balconies. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> what else did we miss, you know, from this build? I think it was just like leaning into the character. Like, well, you know, we had a character that was in a mostly white outfit, but it had dark blue elements. It had like a silver, like snowflake belt buckle type thing. There were actually little huskies on its actual little belt as well. So we just tried to pull as much story as we could from the character itself, which is why we built huskies. We built little polar bears that were armored and like the they, polar even bears though it was just were a... so cute. <laughs> People kept coming around. They're like, these are the cutest huskies and polar bears ever. Yeah, it was it was really, really fun getting to do that. Um, yeah. And also we like, we just did silly little things like put a little silver stud to represent the little belt that the, the character had. And uh, I think one of my other favorite details that you actually got to see a little bit while we were walking the build over because it was so dark. We actually did have light up torches on very, I think there were maybe five or six total because we had built little balconies where the characters could like be and kind of be on the lookout for, you know, threats to um, to this fortress. Um, so it was really, really fun working in a bunch of details. like that. And the so entrance cool. was definitely intended to be Igloo expired, inspired, which I'm pretty sure you did call out uh, in your coverage of that episode. So really appreciate you being so on top of those details. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Listen, it's my pleasure, but it's also my job. Uh, you know, you know, I, I always say that people come here for my obsessiveness, not, you know, just to see what they or hear about what they saw on the show. Uh, but no, this was a very fun one. Like we talked about, the explosion was so exciting. But again, we land in the bottom too. You know, so, you know, this is a, you know, it, it's just, it's tough. And, and I'm sure that this is one of those, um, you know, as we get further into the competition, there's just fewer teams, you know, so yeah. sort of like finding yourself outside of the bottom two is just as, as kind of common as finding yourself in the bottom two when there's this few teams. Um, but, you know, this is your, you know, unfortunately, your third time now in a row, you know, going into this next challenge. And, you know, we've got to continue to pick yourself up, you know, like you talked about the fatigue setting in. You know, how do you keep finding that, you know, strength or is it just Stacy bossing you around? It, it is literally <laughs> Stacy just being like, Nick, we have to stay positive. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Stacy just kept pushing for us to to stay positive. And, and 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 like, I think it's important to remember that not going home is like a sign that we are doing something still right um, yeah. so that there's still reason for us to be there. I'm pretty sure it might have been actually at like the start of the Marvel challenge, the next episode that like Amy and Jamie said, like, don't forget, we're, we've kept you here for a reason, like you're you're still here and still building because we believe in you guys to produce great builds so that was a really good like okay you know there is a reason we're here we're not just being dragged through the bottom because it's fun to watch us you know be sad or something <laughs> um yeah well no it's a good point though because i think a lot of people probably saw this part of your you know journey through the competition and, you know, in previous seasons, like I think especially season one, often you were in the bottom two and the next episode you went home. I think like that was sort of like the trajectory mm -hmm. of many of the teams in season mm -hmm. one, especially. I think in two, it wasn't as common, but I think especially in season one and, and sort of I think that's the expectation. You know, it's like, well, you know, like uh, they're winding down, you know, like they're they're falling to the bottom, if you will. But I think, you know, when we think about it, you know, I could go back through every one of your times in the bottom two and sort of speak to like, like I said, the first time, is it more interpretation than anything? you know, like, you know, uh, you know, the next time, was it more this than that? You know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it was never like always the quality of the builds. It was always just something else, you know? So, so I, I feel like there's probably a lot of discourse around like, well, you know, why are Rennick and Stacey always in the bottom two and kept, you know, why did they keep keeping them around, whatever it is. And I think it's great to hear that anecdote from the Brickmasters because ultimately it's their, it's their show to judge. And I feel like, um, you know, what I talked about on the podcast was, I sort of feel like it speaks to the integrity of the show that that you get a second chance every or you get another chance every episode and, you know, and they don't hold, you know, a bottom two, quote unquote, against you. And they give you another chance to, to your point, put up the great work they know that you're capable of. So, you know, I, I, for me, I, I was more OK with it, but I feel like there was probably any amount of discourse around, well, come on, Brickmasters, what's going on here? 
Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, like I said, it's, it's, I think it's sometimes little things that happen. It's sometimes, um, you know, just the dwindling numbers, you know, if you will, yeah. and somebody has yeah. got to be in the bottom, you know, so it's, it's a tough, I'm sure it wasn't tough or it was tough going through it, but also tough watching it and getting some of that reaction. Um, but my For long sure. diatribe's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it just should be a reminder to people out there. It's like each challenge is a new day. And that should yeah. be like with anything in life that you love or you're passionate about, you're, you know, you're going to get knocked down. But hopefully you can just pick yourself back up again and keep on trying because you never know where it's going to take you. Yes. Well said. And if I'm ever feeling down, Stacey, I'm just going to call you. And okay. Get sounds good. Talk. I'll tell you to uh, make me a cat. What was it? Build me a cat. <laughs> Build me a cat. <laughs> build me a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah when, when you're feeling down, just build cats. But why don't we move on then to episode 10? This is the Marvel Masters and your build was Shang-Chi. And this is a really exciting episode. As a huge Marvel fan, I was very excited to see this talk talk me through you know nick i know you're a big marvel fan too but you know like talk me through seeing that this is the challenge and then like again the big sprint for the figure you know kind of what was that all like this time around um it was just like yeah a lot of fun like like seeing those marvel posters as soon as we walked in it was admittedly we we saw a little bit before they did the proper reveal you could see the posters even though it was dark and so like (laughs) you were just like oh my gosh it's this like we're getting one of the coolest like lego masters crossovers ever like marvel what the heck so uh yeah we were all super duper stoked and then uh, i don't think like any of us were like super duper intense about which characters we were getting it was just like it's marvel who cares like we'll be happy no matter what kind of deal (laughs) and uh i think me and stacy were just very happy that we got we got a canadian yeah Yeah, that's true (laughs) yeah Yes. So exciting. And so this was, this was, um, you know, a really big challenge, but I think this is probably one of the first times we started to see, maybe not the first time, I guess that maybe the mini golf one was the true first time, but we start to see some of the tension between the two of you. Um, you know, you're building these massive waves and there's, uh, there's a few points in this challenge. Should, should you build a backplate or not? Should we add details <laughs> to the Navy blue wave or not? You know, so talk me through the build phase and some of these, these little moments that we saw on the show. I love that it's the first time Nick and I like are kind of disagreeing and they make it into this huge thing. I'm pretty sure like both those conversations lasted like a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were very intense with like the Civil War, like, oh my gosh. And then it was like, it, it, even at the time, it didn't feel like a massive disagreement. Like these were small details, realistically, of the bigger build. I mean, you could argue on the backdrop, but um, I don't know, Stacey, take it, I feel like you have more insight on this. <laughs> so I definitely wanted to add more details to the waves, as you saw, uh, and I, it ended up working out, but we were still a team. Like I still needed to make sure that Nick was comfortable with that decision. And Nick was like, okay, like try it out. Let's see. And I started to actually do it on the wave and you liked it. Yeah. And then I, I, I continued with it. We were always checking in with one another to see if the other person was on board and liking the idea. And, you know, putting a lot of faith and trust into the other person. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it was just that, like, when we were early in, we didn't have enough of the scale of the wave to get, like, a good feel for whether or not that kind of detailing would work. Even, like, we actually did do what Amy had suggested with, like, a smaller, uh, like, model to, like, test out the feel of it. And on that smaller thing, it had felt a little too overwhelming to me. I thought it was going to start to be distracting because, like, I did want to ensure that we were leaving the waves as the background and not having them be so visually intensive that they started to distract from kind of the focus of the action, which is the character and the monster um, or the superhero and the monster. So uh, I, w- I think I was just a little scared at the time that we were going to start to pull away from what the focus should be. But then, yeah, it did work out that when the wave- full scale of the wave was there for us to work with, 
as Stacey sprinkled in those little details, they were they were very effective. Like they worked well, but they weren't distracting either. So mm -hmm. it, I think it was just like it was kind of the wrong time for us to be talking about it and like testing it. Yeah. And so I when agree. we got to do that later, it was perfect. Exactly. And oh, my goodness, those were big waves. <laughs> like the oh scale and size of our bill. That thing was huge. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so huge. Um, but I mean, you make an interesting point, Nick, about like sort of like the visual contrast. And, you know, I think we did see that in Greg and uh, Brendan's build where their backdrop started to pull focus because, you know, Amy had mentioned in their feedback that it got a little bright, um, you know, for the backdrop compared to what we saw in the frame. So, you know, like to your point, you weren't wrong to think about it. Um, but I did like you had this one line, Nick, where you said, and honestly, if that's what takes us out of here, you can hold me responsible. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was, I think that was the exhaustion making me a little snappier than usual. Um, so I apologize, Stacey, for my snappy self at the time. You know what, though? I think Nick was right. I, I think I wanted us to possibly have the backdrop because it's something that the Brickmasters had mentioned. We did keep asking questions about lighting. How are they shooting this? Because we both, you know, work in film production to some extent. So we're like, well, how are they shooting this? Does there have to be a backdrop? And after I saw the comparison side by side, Nick was 100% right not doing the backdrop i'll stand by that i know there's probably a lot of people out there that are like it needed a backdrop i really don't think it did you look at the side by sides and i'm like that's exactly what we're going for it would have been lost so nick i think you're right thanks stacy I, I do want to say like this is kind of random but i would love to give a shout out to whoever like positioned and framed that comparison shot because they like put a light bulb that was in the background of like the set where they take the pictures of the builds and like lined it up where the sun was in our image and it's like more than i could have even dreamed of how our build would be presented <laughs> and that bright light source perfectly eliminates your ability to see anything else in the backdrop and so i, I do think it it did really work out even better than i could have imagined um and i i think the main reason i i really didn't want the backdrop was the entire scene was actually backlit. Like the sun was the only light source in the image. So I think putting a backdrop up would have cut off any natural like light in the studio from coming from behind. And then I think the lighting just might have ended up feeling so off that you wouldn't feel like you were looking at the right picture. Yeah. Well, it must have been tough also to think about how to attach the backdrop to yep. the crazy shape of the wave. You know, are mm -hmm. you, you going to build it from the table up? Probably not. Uh, you know, I'm sure that was probably a factor as well. That was definitely a component too, because like the, the backdrop needed to be on basically the top half of the build. And it's like, well, that means we have to do so much building just to get the backdrop up to that point. Yeah. So it was like, is that really where we want to invest the time? Or would we rather like have these waves feel really epic and dynamic and like have the, the you know, the mouth of the creature just look like perfect. Um, and so I think we 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 decided we wanted to put our time into those details over having the backdrop fill up a small amount of space. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, obviously, Jamie didn't agree with you with the backdrop <laughs> of it all. But um, yeah, again, like, again, we're here in the bottom two again. And like I said, I think, you know, at this point, there's only five teams left. And so, you know, if, if you're not in the top two, you're 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 most likely in the bottom two at that mm -hmm. point. And so. I, I don't think this was such a bottom two, quote unquote, worthy build. I think we're just running out of people and, you know, they're going to get nitpicky and the like. And so they got they got to pick someone to be in the bottom, um, you know, but I, I wouldn't beat myself about up about this bottom two either. Um, but we then go on to our start your engines challenge. <gasps> one and of my favorite, one... most favorite challenges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, because also part in part because you got to work with Brendan and Greg. So talk me through what it was like to receive this prompt to find out you were going to be working with another team. I think uh, given what we had been going through the past few weeks, having kind of something very different was a really nice break. It was exciting to know we would have more people to lean into and, and you know, work with for the challenge. It, it wasn't just going to be us against, you know, 
trying to stay out of the bottom two again, sort of. So uh, I think we were both pretty stoked about it. I was so yeah. excited. I also got to wear running shoes for part of the episode. And so I was ecstatic. I was like running all over the place. I was like, who needs bricks? I'll run to the brick pit. I got you. I know. I guess future contestants should say they're allergic to high heels, right? Yes. It's an allergy from now on, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Any future Lego master contestants, you're allergic to high heels. <laughs> So it was a lot of fun to get to switch it up and just switch up the whole challenge. And I, I agree with Nick. I think that's what we needed to shake things up. Yeah. Well, in this one, you know, part of the you know challenge was who should the driver be? You know, and so I'm, I'm curious, Stacey, you know, like, uh, why wasn't it you? I mean, I think everyone was thinking <laughs> it should have been you, right? Everyone has been asking me that. I... I had a golf cart accident once when I was babysitting. And so I just did not trust myself <laughs> driving the cart at all. Yeah, I, I was I was babysitting. I was probably like, I don't know, 12. And I told her to hold on tight as I like took a corner and she went flying out of the golf cart and she broke oh, her no. arm in three places. Like it was, it was a very traumatic experience, probably more so for her than me. But I was like, ah, it's probably better if I don't drive the cart. Oh my gosh. Well, that does sound uh, very <laughs> traumatic. Uh, but you know, but this was an interesting, you know, premise, you know, obviously you're building on a golf or like a go-kart base and there's not that many attachment points, but we saw your team really dig into creating this like insane technic structure. And so, you know, talk me through that because obviously there was this like strength versus aesthetics, you know, kind of a uh, dynamic that was uh, something you all had to contend with. So talk me through your approach. Yeah, I would say that was, uh, we were happy to lean into uh, Brendan and Greg's strength with technic type building and technical, like, you know, structural building and stuff like that. And as they had kind of like laid out some of the ideas, I was easily, like easily able to visualize how it was going to work. And I just thought it made a lot of sense for the concept. And because we did decide to have uh, Brendan as our builder, we had to keep in mind that we had to have a lot more space for them as well. So by having a smaller kind of lighter based frame, it was easier to make that a little bit bigger and obviously would be a little bit quicker for us to like plate off. Um, just because honestly, his legs were, were, were very big, like in comparison to Emily, especially, um, we needed a lot more room for our driver. So it was an important consideration for us to ensure we had the time to build big enough around him. Because um, I don't think it would have looked very good if you saw two giant knees sticking out of the build. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and is that also why then the sides, you know, didn't have that sort of finished look that they gave feedback on? Was that because of Greg and, and uh, sorry, Brendan and his size? Yeah, we, we definitely wanted to make um, ease of entry uh, a, a big thing. We didn't want him to accidentally kick his way into the build and break part of it. And uh, there was also just no requirement to have the front and back attached. Mm -hmm. So we just said, you know what, like for this type of cart, it'll make sense for us to uh, leave a gap here. And I yeah. believe that again, with wanting to build strong, during the pit stop, we were supposed to make any repairs to any damages, right, Nick? Mm -hmm. So we needed to make sure that nothing was going to fall off of our off of our go-kart. Yeah. Well, and that pit stop obviously was like the big highlight, you know, for the race part of the competition. You know, we see Emily's, you know, uh, like lapping Brendan at this point. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Brendan's getting into the pit stop quite late. So talk me through what that like pit stop experience was like. Obviously, you know, we saw a bit of it on the show. Stacy, you're sorting. Nick, you know, you and Greg are, are just ripping pieces off the, the tire. But but what was that like for you all? It was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. We had such a good strategy going into our pit stop to be as efficient as possible. We know when they were able to take the lead for the race that the only way we could make up time was the pit stop. So we had to be as efficient as possible. And oh my goodness, we were all working so fast. I think your hands were bleeding at one point, Nick. 
Yeah, uh, some of the Lego that we had to remove and re-add where it was a little sharp. So uh, I, I, I did cut my hand while I was working on getting the, the tires reassembled. But uh, I did not let that stop me because I knew it was I did not want to let the whole team down. So I just kept on building through it. I think uh, if you probably look carefully at one or two of the tires, you might see a couple of drips here and there. But uh, wow. they, they got done. And that's what counts. There was no rules against any blood left on the build. So we were uh, just well, yeah we were so fast and having so much fun with it and when he like was able to get out of the pit stop first i i knew we had it oh my gosh well you know and i guess time wise like how long was that pit stop like you know i, I guess and i should say how long was you know the red team in the pit stop and how much shorter were you in the pit stop for if, if you have any sense of it i think they had at least 30 seconds on us or more yeah that sounds about seconds. right 30, and then I think I'd probably say it was like two, three minutes total. Yeah. Wow. So you can see that 30 seconds is, that's a, that's a big head start for sure. Yes. Well, obviously you're able to pull it off and the electric blue, your car is able to win. And the, you know, the car itself was very fun. It had this like great nineties aesthetic as someone who grew up in the nineties myself, like, you know, a lot of like Nickelodeon vibes, like yes. I was, I was digging it. Um, but you know, nineties, like, you know, obviously would go on to be a great theme for the two of you, but but talk us through just sort of that concept and anything we might have missed from that build. I, I think we all just really wanted to have fun with it. We were so excited to be partnered with another team. And the one thing that we had in common was that we all grew up in the 90s. So we could all share in experiences as to what that was like and our favorite toys to play with. And we also came up with a little rhyme. Nick, do you remember it? Yeah. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> I think so. It's like, we're red. No, we're blue. No, we're blue. You're red. Yeah, I have it here in my notes. Let oh, me do you have See, it? Michael's got us. <laughs> yeah. So you all put your hands in. You said, you're red. We're blue. We're here to beat you. 90s, 90s kids. <laughs> like we just really embrace the challenge. We're having so much fun with it. Yes. Well, it was definitely fun. I love when Dave says, we don't care. <laughs> That, that's Dave for you. That's just Dave. Oh Gotta my love gosh. Dave. <laughs> so much fun. Obviously, there was so many decals, decals all over. <laughs> and, you know, we I did a, a decal breakdown on the podcast. Ooh. There was one on the back right, a sticker um, or a decal that was like uh, brick built letters. It sort of reminded me of like the dots font. What did that say? It was Wabam. I will know. It was um, Wabam! <laughs> okay. Was, I, I think, um, oh my gosh, I'm, was it Brian? Right. Yeah, I, it was someone we, we, we thought we had it, um, yeah. you know, I, I had written down Waram like with an R. So I may have just missed the, the curve or maybe maybe something had fallen off during the race by the time they shot the pictures of it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what, what is Wabam? So Wabam is a word I love to say. Uh, and it's pretty much the, in the name of my production company and just everything I do when something exciting happens in my community live on stream. I yell Wabam. It's just a fun word. <laughs> Hey, listen, maybe we'll have to do that on the podcast from now on. But yeah, uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> that was like the one, you know, decal I could not figure out. Um, and I guess, you, you know, you're both from Canada. Do you pronounce it decal? Nope, I don't. It's decal. It's 100% decal. Decal. Nick, you're wrong. Decal. Nick just wants to be American. No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> it's definitely decal. I think we actually started that. And then I heard the red team talking about it. And I was like, it is decal because all of you guys were like, Stacey, it's decal. <laughs> Let the debate continue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll never end. It was a great car. And um, it was very exciting, obviously, to, you know, see the win. And, you know, in this one, I think we were unsure how the challenge would end, but nobody went home. Uh, and so we move on then to our uh, you know, our 12th challenge, you know, we got it all in one episode, one airing, I should say, 
But the 12th challenge was the waterworks challenge. And this was crabbing around. And, you know, this one, you know, I feel like probably what we didn't get a good sense of at home was just how challenging it was to build with the pumps and the water. You know, Nick, you do say, you know, the water is such a strange variable. Would it be better for the moat to not have a function? So, you're, you know, even you are trying to figure out, do we edit? Because it's yeah. really a challenge. So talk us through sort of how you approach this and what it was really like to work with that equipment. It, it kind of just felt like almost like a second challenge of itself of its own, just like trying to figure out and understand how to work with the, the water equipment we were provided. Um, so I think all like I would say pretty much everyone, but maybe the firefighters who have had a lot of experience <laughs> with water. Uh, we're just pretty overwhelmed with like, you know, really wrapping our, our minds around it. We had these very specific type of hoses to work with. There were splitters. There were a lot of variables with just how to, you know, bring this water to the build and have it interact with the Lego. So there was a lot of challenges with that. And I think, um, again, again got to give credit to Stacey. Like she helped ensure that we didn't get overwhelmed by that. And I think what ended up working out in the end for us, and it, and it could have just as easily, I want to say, not worked out. And that we kept it very simple. We we had two just very simple functions, which was, you know, we made something spin, which made something move side to side. And then we made something spin and that made something move like back and forth. And by keeping it very simple, that allowed us to just put the time into the story and some of the other detailing of the build. And I think that's ultimately what allowed it to kind of succeed as a, as a build for the challenge. But I was also admittedly very scared that, you know, the judges or the Brickmasters could have just as easily called us out for not being more ambitious with how we integrated our water functions. And so it was just like it was like kind of just a bet we took at the time was just like, let's just keep it simple. And hopefully our builds will be kind of what shines through and the water functions are doing enough to help tell the story. Yeah, well, and, and it's interesting. We talked about in the podcast that I guess Amy's least favorite color is tan. And is this something <laughs> you knew and was this just a risk you were willing to take? I don't think I knew that. I don't know if I knew that, but I know that she loves color. And I know I knew we were going to find ways to incorporate color, whether it was the seaweed wrapping around the sandcastle or really colorful crabs or the buckets. And then all the blue, too, that represents the water. So we, we knew we were going to add color to our build. <laughs> well, we talked about the crabs and, and I, I, I wrote down as many of them as I could remember, you know, seeing in the show, but I, I joked that they were all different colors and that they were like the crab power rangers is what I called them on the podcast. But, uh, but that's but amazing. Talk... I love that. <laughs> uh, well, another great nineties show, I should say, but talk me through the, like the crabs and any of these little details that we might've missed. Um, to be honest, I actually think this was one of the belts that was probably like most well covered. Like you really did get to see everything. And I think that was maybe part of what made it a good build for, for us was that like you could just look at it and kind of fully get everything from your, your first glance. Um, Stacey, was there anything you think they might have missed? Uh, I just I hope everyone paid attention to the white flag that was waving. Yeah. I just thought that was a really <laughs> cute story detail. You know, these lucky the luckiest decapod crustaceans in the world just moved into their dream home and they're surrendering to the wave. Like it was it was a simple idea. Uh, but it just had a lot of story and a lot of play. And I, I hope people were able to see all of that. One thing that they might not have seen was our moat that went around. The moat mm -hmm. was really cute. And we had a little ship with baby crabs <laughs> that Aww. were riding in the moat plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we did get to see that, but that's that does sound cute. But yeah, I mean, listen, you, you kept it simple, which I actually think is very good advice for most teams in future challenges where, you know, I think um, 
Now, I, I often joke is like, you know, once you can, it sounds like you did this a few times, like you come up with a quick concept and just start building. Like sometimes simple is easier. You know, like you talked about with the pirate ship, it's like, okay, it's monkey is great. Monkey ship, let's go. You know, and I think, uh, I think sometimes when people get too cute, too, too complicated, whatever it might be, that's where people run into issues. But this turned out to be your third win. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, coming off your win last week, you're heating up as they would say in the, the great uh, NBA jam 93, if you ever played that in the nineties, but <laughs> You know, they'd say you're heating up. And one thing I, I noticed uh, when you had this third win was, Nick, uh, your bow tie was broken, uh, you know, and I was and I was curious if you ever realized that and, and sort of was this just like in the in the thralls of the war that is uh, these challenges. <laughs> yeah, I actually like I only noticed it when someone like someone else told me that they had noticed it. I think at the time, I'm sure I did like later and like had to go find the piece wherever it made and ended up. But uh, I think I honestly think it might have even just been from me and Stacey hugging at some point, potentially. <laughs> My bow ties have been known to break here and there with a with a good hug. So <laughs> it's probably the hugs. Let's blame the hugs. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I should I should say, you know, you wore the brick built bow tie. Stacey had a, a brick built bow in her hair. Was that something you came into the competition with or something they had you build on set? Uh, no, we, we did come into the competition with them. I think I built like they, they really liked it from when um, I had mine during the audition process. And so when we had learned we were getting onto the show, I built like six or seven for myself, maybe five or six for Stacey, just as many as I could with whatever colors I kind of had available. Um, and then they just picked and chose each episode to see which one would work best. Perfect. Yeah, a nice, a nice little signature. But, you know, <laughs> as Will said in this one, you went from underdog to wonder dog as we go into the finale. And obviously you were the first team, you know, with that win to make it to the finale. Um, and, you know, so as we as we think about the finale build, it is, you know, maybe one of the more unique challenges just because you get to take it any direction you want. And I'm curious, you know, kind of how did you come up with your concept? Was this something you and Stacey had talked about prior to the filming of this episode? Was it something you found on the day? You know, talk to me about that. Daisy? Okay, so <laughs> we came up with this idea pretty last minute. We had definitely <laughs> been asked about it. Of course, you know, fellow contestants are always talking about like what would be the ultimate build you could do. Uh, but because we spent so much time in the bottom, we were just really focused on surviving another week. <laughs> That we weren't really putting much thought at all into our finale build. So it finally came down to it. And we're like, oh my goodness, we need to come up with something. We got to come up with something fast. And it just started clicking together. I don't I don't even know how it started. But I feel like we just, one of us mentioned like childhood and stories. And then that led to like a nightstand and then a bookshelf. And then we just couldn't stop talking about different ideas and things that we wanted to add to it. And that's when we knew we were onto something because we were so excited about all of these that we incorporated into the build. Yes. And, and, and quite a numerous list of things that you were able to incorporate. I mean, I, I, I did my best to catalog, you know, the numerous items, but you know, what were some of the, of your favorite of the items that you built on the bookshelf um, that stood out to you? I would jump at the, uh, the TV definitely being one of my favorite things. <laughs> I probably dedicated a good six or seven hours just to the TV alone. Um, wow. I love doing replicas. So just having the opportunity to like, you know, okay, I got to angle back the sides of the TV to the back. And unfortunately, you don't get to see the back of the build, but there, like, I'd made sure to have like a coax cable feed in. Like there was an RCA plug for the, the gaming control, which did plug into the back of the TV. Wow. And then uh, I just had a lot of fun kind of like figuring out that function and integrating the sensor so that like sort of as you reached up to turn on the or off the TV, it would like turn on or off from the, you know, whatever. Uh, loading screen bars on, or like I don't even yeah, know which colors. Things. Yeah. yeah. Um. To uh to the gaming scene where where Stacy the ballerina was fighting off the dinosaur 
uh, which was supposed to be a throwback to episodes uh, two and three. Yes. Uh, well, and I was, su- I was surprised the dinosaur wasn't orange, you know, for that reason. <laughs> it was because I, I think we had both the, the superhero and the teddy bear. We knew were both orange. And so we just wanted an opportunity to bring in a different color. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Stacey? What was so- some of your favorite pieces? Oh, my goodness. There's so much that I loved about the build. I, I really liked the tower when we got the twist in the partway through the challenge where we got sets from our childhood. So I was able to use a set from my childhood and build a Lego tower like I would have with my dad. And then you have mini figs that are trying to topple it over. So I definitely I definitely love that part. Uh, I just like that we also incorporated so many different elements from our previous builds. And the back of our build, I had done these drawings, like a little kid would draw on the back of their wall or a bookshelf. Uh, one of them was the three sisters, which is something my mom used to paint all the time when I was a little kid. I even etched in Nick and Stacy equals BFF. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had all these fun little details on the back that nobody got a chance to see. But hopefully people will get a chance to see that at Legoland New York. I know. So exciting. Um, and, you know, and obviously, you know, I think part of the fun of this was with that 90 years twist was, you know, that for you, I think you were probably the team that had the least trouble integrating, you know, those sets into the build. But, you know, what was what was sort of like receiving those sets like and uh, and, you know, going through that part of the experience? It really was like super exciting, just like kind of having that throwback to 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 childhood. We were obviously going through that a lot with the build process already. And then just having like these cool, unique old school pieces to work with was something so different because they just aren't part of the brick pit. I got like a printed piece with the rescue logo on there. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I can really bring kind of more story and more of that classic Lego feel to the build. And, and the same thing with, you know, Stacy's part on this. She had that great like little st- spiral staircase. Um, and, you know, she had some like the nice little classic minifigures with the printed umbrella. And just having some access to some cool, unique parts like that, I think just made us more excited about building fun stuff with them. It was so fun. When that challenge was announced and we started building up those sets, I kept saying, I was like, this is the perfect challenge. It was like, it's like it was made for us. <laughs> yeah. And for there's sure. no doubt we were very lucky with just like how well that twist lined up with uh, with what we were doing. <laughs> I certainly did not envy how creative Steven and Steven especially, you know, had to get with with theirs, but I think they did an amazing job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one other thing is, you know, we saw Amy give you some feedback during the challenge about sort of the base that is the bookshelf itself. You know, it's a square, you know, kind of, um, you know, like, are you literally building yourself in a box? I think was probably, you know, some of the feedback, you know, how much of, you know, uh, like how much did that feedback change what you were doing um, as you tried to sort of like uh, combat that sort of uh, stigma on your build? I don't know if I would say like we weren't already planning on having certain elements outside of the, uh, the bookshelf, but like, I, I do think our superhero maybe would have just been bursting out of the comic book page alone and maybe not bursting through the side. Um, so I do think that was like a great call out to just like help inspire to push us further to do something more exciting with the build. Um, what do you think, Stacey? I, I think all in, all along we knew our bookshelf was really going to come to life. So I wasn't too worried. I even remember when the Brickmasters came over, I was like, don't panic. I know all you're seeing are brown bricks right now, but do not panic. This thing is going to come to life. It's going to be okay. So I, I feel like we we really had a good, clear idea with what we were building and we really trusted in that and just decided to have fun. Like out of all, like we had fun in every single challenge, of course. Well, maybe the mini golf one was a little bit, a little bit hard for us, but uh, that was a challenge that I think we had the most fun. I loved reminiscing with you, Nick, and just like we just kept coming up with idea after idea. I, we joked about this before in interviews. I wish they could have given us another 24 hours. We would have built a whole bedroom <laughs> with everything coming to life, like all the toys. 
I'm yeah, sure. and the whole energy in that in that like build room was incredible. Like obviously we had all grown, especially all being Canadian, of course, we had all grown very, very close. So it really just did feel like such a wonderful like just getting to watch your friends build something they were so so passionate about. You could feel the heart that everyone was putting into their builds. And so it was just like it was a really like encouraging, exciting just like uplifting environment to be building in. And so I think it really helped bring the best out of all of us. Ah, for sure. You know, one thing we talked about on the podcast was the strategy of the bookshelf in some ways where you could add, if you had more time, you could add things. If you had less time, you could leave things off. You know, was that sort of something that crossed your mind or you were just having too much fun? I don't really know if it had ever like crossed our mind. Like it was, it was definitely like a nice perk once the idea had kind of come about and that we obviously did have a very long list of things. I, I certainly would have loved to have more time to add a few things as you always do. But it was again, yeah, like you said, nice to just have some flexibility and that we could kind of scale up or down as need be, depending on where we landed with, you know, certain element, elements of our build in the time. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Also, Nick, I don't know if you remember this. I don't think they really showed it on the build, but probably the last 10 minutes is when I built the picture frame of the family. Mm -hmm. And then you built the minifig playing a game next to the TV. Can you describe that a bit? Because I don't know if we really saw it on the build. I think you see it when they're showing you the animation of your ballerina fighting the dinosaur. If you look at the top of the TV, there's actually a minifigure holding a gaming controller and standing in front of a bookshelf with a TV on top. Yeah. So we like oh. tried to do like a little bit of brickception, <laughs> if you will, with like, you know, obviously we had lots of minifigures running around and doing all sorts of silly things. So when I realized we had a minute or two left, I'm like, let me see if I can build a mini version of our build and have a minifigure interacting with it. It <laughs> <laughs> was really cute. Oh yeah, definitely an, an inception meta moment there, uh, but super <laughs> yeah. fun. And then obviously you had your family there, you know, come to see you. Obviously we didn't get to see the family come to the studio last season um, because of obviously everything going on in the world. What was it like to see your family there? And and did, and was that something you were expecting would happen? I would say I was not. I would like, I, when as Will was talking about it, I'm like, okay, they're playing into the family thing. So like, I'm like, let me look up at the screen and get ready to watch you know, these pre-recorded messages are like this live Zoom call. Sure. And then I heard the doors open. I'm like, no, they didn't. And then <laughs> apparently they did. <laughs> it was so exciting. I still remember when people started rushing through the doors because we get to know our Lego fam so well that you just assume you would know what their family looks like. So when people started rushing in those doors, I remember being confused and being like, did they hire extras to pretend to be our family? <laughs> like, I just, I was like, I don't know any of these people. What's happening? Like, I was, I was not expecting that at all. And that was, that was a wonderful twist. I, I think that was very special for all of us to have our family there and to be able to see our finale builds, which is something that we're all super proud of. Yeah. And also it like helps you let them in on the experience. I feel like a lot of people talk about that where like, you know, just to, to, to explain what happened is one thing, but to have them there and then give them that point of reference, I think sort of like is a, is a nice bonding in that way. Cause you couldn't just explain it. Yeah, no. And like, I think even watching it and getting to be there is, is so, so different. Like I, I know I would have loved to have my parents there too, if that had been possible. Like, and I know Stacey would have loved for like her mom to be there and, and her husband too. And it's just like, ah, if only we could just jam more people into that studio and, you know, <laughs> uh, have them be able to really all embrace and feel it. So yeah, it, it is something very, very unique to be able to share. Yeah. I know season one got like a whole host of people. So maybe, you know, this is maybe the baby step back towards that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, fingers crossed for those season four folks. They definitely deserve it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then obviously, you know, we get to the judging, we get to the, you know, the, you know, our third place team. And finally, 
who's going to win. And it's you too. It's Nick and Stacy are, are the winners. You know, this is like, obviously got to be one of the craziest moments ever. Absolutely. I that. was just grinning ear to ear right now. Just <laughs> even hearing you say that, like, it still doesn't quite feel real to me. I have to say when they were announcing the winners, us, uh, it was the <laughs> longest moment of my life. Like, I, I swear she paused for 10 minutes. Is that how it felt for you, Nick? Yeah, I was just like, like I was just stop. like, I'm like, try not to make, like, just have a normal face. Don't look weird. <laughs> like, and this is not a scenario I really imagined myself being in. Like, just don't look silly on TV. And and then, like, when they said it, it was just like, <laughs> like, you, you sure, like, say that again? Like, what? <laughs> There's, like, how? It's just like, it's just not something you could ever be prepared for. And the, the excitement is is definitely just like overwhelming, overwhelming. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I can't even imagine. But, you know, we did talk a little bit about this in our like brief exit interview before. But, you know, Nick, you talked about on the show how like if only young Nick could see you in this Aww. moment, you know, and, and I, I know you gave me a, a bit of an answer, but we're, we're doing the deep dive. So we're going to relive <laughs> it again. But like, you know, t but t t tell me through, you know, like, you know, in that moment, like you said, you, you didn't even think you'd be there, let alone you know, kind of how far things had come from, you know, you deciding, you know, maybe you'd give up Lego because they weren't cool anymore. I mean, I, you know, I can't imagine what that must have felt like. Yeah, it's just like, you just have a hard time imagining that, you know, something you just enjoyed playing with as a little kid could lead to so many crazy cool things. And getting to be on the show alone was such a cool and awesome thing in and of itself. And to just be able to go all the way, do it along, um, you know, do it alongside such amazing people, and, you know, be able to produce a bill that you really do just love, love, love and are so, so proud of and getting to do it with someone who was just as equally excited to share that experience and did so much to help keep us in the competition. Like there are just so many different elements that add up to make it feel like such a an overwhelming and incredible, incredible thing that it's hard not to get emotional about it. Like, yeah, like like, I don't know how many people imagine like as a little kid, they say they want to do something someday. And then that actually happens, like, and especially in such a weird way, like, you know, there are a lot of, you know, things like people might say they, they want to become an astronaut. And there, there is like almost like a, a visible path to that in a way. It's challenging and it's difficult. <laughs> it takes a lot. But like saying I want to be a Lego master when I kid like that didn't really have anywhere to go. And to have somewhere for it to have gone is just everything. It's, it's, it's so wild. Oh, Nick, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. It, that, I mean, so wholesome and sweet on the show, but also in person, you know, this team. Uh, but, you know, you know, talk me through then, you know, now that you've had some time away from the show, you've, you've had like a week, you know, a couple weeks now since the final episode aired. Like, what are you taking away from this experience? Like, you know, what sort of what life lessons or whatever it might be is sort of sticking with you as you've reflected? I think the biggest life lesson for me is that perseverance is key. It's something that's come up a lot that we've talked about, especially with being in the bottom two, four times in a row, is just not giving up. Whatever it is that you love and you're passionate about, you really need to pursue that with everything you've got and just believe in yourself. And I, I hope that's a takeaway, not just for myself, but for other people watching. Yeah, and for kind of sure. building, building onto that. Um, <laughs> I would say like, you know, surround yourself with people who want to support you in those things too. Like, I think, you know, having such a great support system, uh, like having Stacey as my partner, and, you know, even just like our fellow contestants on the show, we we did all try to be a support system for each other. And I think that allowed us all to really build at our best and, and, and put our best foot forward for the competition. And, you know, I know I had so many people throughout my life who, you know, might have, you know, questioned a little bit like, oh, he's still <laughs> playing with Lego as an adult, but like, you know, like saw how happy it made me and were willing to like kind of just let me have that. And so like, I'm very, very grateful that I've had a lot of people in my life who allowed me to continue that silly little 
thing I did as a kid and as look at where it led me today. Yeah. And to echo Nick, I'm so grateful for my fa- family and my friends and our Lego fam. We wouldn't be here without. Uh, I, I, I absolutely, you know, and I think maybe the flip side of that, Nick, is get rid of all the other people. So mom, goodbye. You've never supported me. <laughs> I, I don't know if I go that hard that fast, but, um, you know, tr- just try to make it clear how much something needs you. Don't be afraid to, you know, just speak your heart to, to people. I think a little bit more vulnerability in the world would go a long way to help us all understand and connect with each other better. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it wasn't easy having conversations with my parents being like, yeah, I don't want to do engineering full time. I want to play with Lego. Like, you know, those are those those can be challenging conversations. But like it's, sometimes it's the things that are the hardest to do that are the most worth doing. Just like I would say anyone who's maybe intimidated by the experience of Lego Masters. Like, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's exhausting. But man, like you will never get another experience like it. Like, go for it. Just put yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and apologies to my mom. I'm not writing you off, uh, you know, but uh, no, but I mean, I, th- I think that's, that's so true. You know, um, any, uh, you know, I, I guess, Stacey, any advice from you to any future Lego Masters contestants? I just think give it everything that you've got, whatever it is that you love to do, like bring it to the table. If you're thinking about trying out for Lego Masters, do it. If that, if there's something there that you're just like, ah, I don't know, I feel like my heart is calling me to do this, go for it. You never know where it's going to lead you and just really take in the whole process learn lots have a lot of fun and just uh enjoy enjoy every second of it uh well it seems like the two of you really did um and you know so obviously you've won you now are lego masters you know the official ones from this season and you know i have to ask of course uh who gets the trophy you know you don't live together (laughs) who's who's has custody right now my understanding is it's on the way to nick is that correct I, I think so. Yeah, I might be seeing it in person very, very soon for the first time in several months. Um, so it'll be with me for a little while. Then it's going to go back to Stacy, And then uh, I think we're going to have to like lay out a schedule for who gets weekdays, who gets weekends kind of thing, you know, shared yeah. custody. Yes. Um, or maybe you'll just, you know, Nick, you and your fiance, you'll, you'll move in with Stacy and her husband. You'll have one <laughs> happy family. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, or Nick, can you just build, can you build a second trophy? That's a lot of Lego. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, Stacey's going to have to whip you into shape again, Nick, to build it. You know, uh, you I know, know. instead of build a cat, it's going to be build a trophy, Nick. <laughs> build a trophy. Yeah. Build me a trophy, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then obviously what comes with the you know win is also $100,000. You know, is there any immediate plans for the money? You know, I'm thinking, you know, it's not enough for a Lamborghini or something like that. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? Um, you know, me, me and my fiance, Sunita, of course, are uh, starting to build their life together. And, uh, you know, we're starting to look for a home. So this is obviously going to be a huge help and, uh, you know, just helping make that a reality. So uh, it'll definitely be going into uh, into a mortgage, probably <laughs> such an exciting adult thing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably also into a little bit more Lego, right, Nick? Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky to already have a lot of Lego. So <laughs> uh, for me, definitely some Lego organization. Uh, my, my Lego studio is a little bit of a mess. So I'm, we're probably going to get Nick to help me and get some organizational containers and start setting up my Lego studio. And also just uh, thinking about the next show I want to do. And I'll probably be putting some of the money towards that and launching that. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, you know, and obviously, um, you know, being Lego Masters, it's such an interesting platform, you know, to get to do different things. Like, is there anything you're hoping to sort of use your your newfound title to do? I think more than anything, like, uh, I think both Stacey and I would just love to continue to inspire people to do the things they love. Um, honestly, I think one of the most incredible kind of prizes from this experience has been like just like random families and kids reaching out. Just being like, hey, you've really inspired my son or my daughter to, you know, to keep at Lego building, um, you know, or to just like push their building further and like try getting creative. 
Um, Stacey? Uh, for me, I would I, exactly like what Nick just said, but also I would love to see more hosting opportunities. I was lucky enough to host the Walmart Lego 90th anniversary event, and I would love to do more projects like that and just see where I can take my content creation next. Oh, so exciting. We can't wait either. Um, you know, but you know, that takes us to the end of this, you know, deep dive. You know, I, I, I thank you, of course, so much for being so generous with all your time and with all the anecdotes and the stories. I guess before we head off, though, is there a funny moment, uh, you know, something with your Lego Masters family that we that we all should know just, uh, you know, before we close the full chapter? That's um, a funny moment. There were a lot of those on set. I don't think people realize just how close we got as a group and how much time we spent together. But I won't, I won't dive into those without permission. But uh, <laughs> I do remember at one point in an interview with Nick calling him Brick. At, at, that, at one point, he just turned into like a giant Lego brick. And I was like, so Brick and I are building blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and they're like, did you just call him Brick? And I was like, I did. <laughs> I did that earlier in this podcast. So, you know, I'm in good company now. I caught <laughs> and, and that. It's not and like it made I'm offended. I mean, I basically am a Lego brick, so why not? <laughs> yes, that's so fun. A anything else, Nick, that comes to mind for you? There's definitely a lot of fun stuff, but sort of like Stacey said, that would be up to the uh, the contestants involved to uh, share if they decided <laughs> to. I don't necessarily feel some of it is my place to share. So okay, hopefully okay. you well, get some more, uh, you know, post finale interviews and maybe you get some of those fun stories. <laughs> Yes. Well, I can't wait. We've got more of them already lined up. So that's super exciting. Um, but thank you both again so much. I mean, this was like such a blast and, you know, just congratulations. I mean, you two had what, like what an amazing ride on the show and, you know, and your resilience and sort of finding the fun again and, and pouring your heart out, you know, especially, you know, in your finale, as you work towards that, you know, that ramp up at the end, you know, of all those wins, you know, it's so exciting to see. I'm so excited for you. You know, Nick, you were on my podcast last season, pre Lego masters. And so I was not shy about rooting for you, you know, throughout the competition. So it was, I, this is a very satisfying outcome for me, you know, to see the both of you. Not that anyone else wouldn't have been deserving, but I'm, I'm just very, very uh, excited for the both of you. Thank you so much. That means, oh, a, that means a lot. That. And I do want to say, like, like you said, like every team was deserving. Like, and like, like in walking into that finale, all three teams could have been winners that day and we would have all still felt like winners walking away. So I, I think we all won with just the amazing experience we got. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. This is a lot of fun to relive all the episodes. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. But if people want to stay in touch with you, you know, Stacey, after the show, you know, where can they find you and all this, all the fun stuff it sounds like you're doing? Absolutely. You can find me at, at the Stacey Roy. That's my handle for Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Amazon at the Stacey Roy. Perfect. And Nick, you know, where can everyone find you after this podcast? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Facebook, all at Brick and Nick. So B-R-I-C-K-I-N-N-I-C-K. Perfect. Well, you know, uh, just like I said, thank you again for, you know, being so generous with your time. And this was just such a blast. I'm so grateful uh, for the opportunity to get to speak to our amazing winners here uh, from the latest season. But thanks again. And hopefully uh, we'll have you back on next season to help us break down, you know, some of the episodes from season four. I would love to do that. Sign me up. <laughs> that would be so fun. I would love that. Yes, we're in. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
It was amazing to get to talk to Nick and Stacy. This is always just such a fun way to get inside their heads and learn a ton more about their time on the show. Not to mention they're just super positive and really fun to talk to. But the fun isn't stopping here because like I said, I've got even more postseason deep dives coming your way. And be sure to let me know if there's any team you want to hear from first. Plus, be sure you're subscribed to make sure you don't miss out on each one of these podcasts when they drop. So if you want to follow along with the podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it now. And if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review as it really helps others find the podcast. If you want even more Lego content, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks, where I cover the Lego news for the week every Saturday. And you can follow the channel on all social media platforms with the username at Talk Bricks. And if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, it's Talk Bricks Masters. And on Twitter, it's TB Masters. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.